Kamai a Kroiso. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the CC4 Museum of Welsh Cricket Podcasts. I'm Stephen Hedges. This week we celebrate the return of first-class cricket to the Knoll. Later, you will hear my chat with Kevin Grant, ex-player, secretary, chair and now lifetime member of Neath Cricket Club about his memories of Glamorgan visits and his time with the club, as well as Darren Davis of Neath Round Table, who has assisted with the hospitality for the visits of Lancashire and Hampshire County Cricket Clubs to Neath this season. But first up, we speak to Museum of Welsh Cricket volunteer and cricket writer David Battersby. I have to apologise for the poor quality of sound on David's interview. It comes after hours of frustration trying to find a way of making my Zoom call compatible with the sound software I use for the podcasts. All assistance for future episodes would be gratefully received at mwcpod1921 at gmail.com. If you can hear past the poor quality, you'll hear some interesting and engaging research by David. Later on in, in the chat, he um, subsequently in 1993 
scored a century when the Tauran Australians visited uh, the ground. Okay. Um, do, you, uh, do you want to tell us a little bit more about the, um, the Australian tourist visits to, to, uh, to Nee? Yeah, sure. Um, well, the Australians have visited the North three times for first-class um, tourist games. The first was in 1985, which was a, a memorable game from um, a Glamorgan point of view, because in that game it was drawn, then there was um, hardly any play on the second day and no play on the third. But the first day, Glamorgan, Rodney Ontong won the toss with Glamorgan. Glamorgan batted and posted 409 for three declared, and it was an unbeaten fourth wicket stand of 306. Um, between the great Javed Meandad, who finished on 200 not out, and his fellow Pakistani Yunus Ahmed, who finished on 118 not out. Um, so that, that was uh, probably, uh, yeah, uh, I, I think there's, there's pictures of that in um, Javed's own autobiography, um, one of the chapters, which was, he was in, it was entitled Javed, the Prince of Wales. Okay. Um, and then the second visit was in 1989. Uh, which was a drawn game, um, and the third game was probably the most interesting game of the lot because uh, it was a drawn game in 1993, but uh, it was a run-fest. A few Glamorgan players made their debuts in that game due to several being unavailable, and also it featured the fastest, joint-fastest century of the season um, that year from Matthew Maynard. So, you've written a blog uh, on the Museum of, of Welsh Cricket website about that particular game, and you focused in on two of the gentlemen who, who made their, their debut for Glamorgan. Do you want to tell us a little bit about them and, and the chat you had with them about, uh, about that game? Yeah, well, basically, uh, going back to the game, it was in July, July the 31st, 1993, and the, the Australians, led by Alan Border, arrived at the Knoll for what was then termed uh, the Techly Bit uh, Challenge match. And like I said, it was their third visit to Neath after drawing the two previous matches. And um, of course, you might remember that earlier on in the year, in June, um, Shane Bourne had delivered the ball of the century when he bowled Mike Gatting with his first ball in an Ashes test. Now, in that match in 1993 at the Knoll, Shane Warne appeared in the Australian side. And Glamorgan went into the game, sat in second place in the county championship and top of the one-day AXA and Equity Sunday League. Of course, later on in the season, Glamorgan would win that league on that historic last day at Canterbury when they defeated Canton, a winner-takes-all final game. But they went into this game at the Knoll in 93 against the Aussies. They were deprived of five players, Steve Barwick, Roland Lefebvre, uh, who were ruled out with injuries, and also third-seamer Steve Watkin and West Indian overseas player Viv Richards. They were rested while Steve James was ruled out with a broken thumb. So drafted into the side were youngsters, James Williams, David Hemp, Darren Thomas, and Stuart Phelps. And it was the opener Williams, who had just turned 20, and the 18-year-old spinner Phelps, who would be making their first-class debuts, whilst Darren Thomas, medium fast bowler Darren Thomas, who was only 18 at the time, and as we know, he was, he was down in Cardiff on Sunday with Wales National um, County side, who he now coaches. 
and he would only be appearing in his eighth first class appearance. Well, anyway, it's quite an eventful game because on the morning of the match, Alan Border won the toss for the Aussies. They elected to bat and they posted 414 for four before declaring it was a right or run fest. Um, Slater and Boone put on 158 for the first wicket. Boone was eventually out for 120 off 199 balls. But it was Mark War, who I mentioned earlier, who scored that century for Essex in that Axic one day game. He brought up his 100 off only 127 balls in just over two hours at the crease. And unfortunately for young Stuart Phelps, he hit him for four consecutive sixes of the first four balls of Phelps's last over. But anyway, Border declared 414 for four, and when War finished on 150 not out, and he'd gone basically agricultural once he'd reached his 100, um, and his innings included 16 fours and eight sixes. But it was the second day um, which was um, a real treat for the Glamorgan faithful who had turned up um, that morning up the knoll because Matthew Maynard, Glamorgan started the day on 37 for two and Maynard was basically in sublime form on a benign pitch and he produced an innings of supreme quality cracking 25 boundaries and a five in just over two hours of spectacular hitting and he dominated um, the bowling of Merv Hughes, Wayne Holdsworth and Paul Rifle, of course there's now a test match umpire, and reached his half century of just 42 balls and his century came off 73 balls and this was all before lunch and in a session and it equaled Paul Johnson's same feat in scoring the fastest first class century of the season and incidentally Johnson has scored his captain in Nottinghamshire at the end of June at St Helens against Glamorgan. But it's interesting because Maynard stated in his autobiography on the attack that the match was basically being televised live on BBC Wales and when he had reached 99, the BBC broke away to broadcast its weekly farming programme, uh, which is uh, yeah, great, great timing. But uh, anyway, Maynard was eventually out for 132 with the last ball before lunch, falling leg before to Mark War, and uh, eventually that day Glamorgan declared at tee on 363 for eight, um, and the game would eventually end up in a draw because Glamorgan reached 169 for six um, when rain began to fall and, and then the, the play was called off. So it's quite an eventful day. There was good news for, for, for Matthew Maynard and Steve Watkin during the game, is that right? They were at their call up for the English yeah, team absolutely yeah. yeah the third morning at the Knoll that was basically the, the, yeah, the news dom- the third morning was basically dominated by the news that not only Matthew Maynard but also Steve Watkin had been named in the England squad of 12 for, for the fifth test at Edgbaston starting later in the week um, and funny enough I was actually at that test match at Edgbaston to see uh, Matthew Maynard unfortunately I didn't see Matthew back that day but I did see him field Okay, um, and your your conversations um, very recently, I guess, with James Williams and, and Stuart Phelps. Um, yeah. What were their kind of standout memories of, of being involved in that match? Oh well, for for, for, for Jen Williams, it was basically you know so you know facing the bowling of of, of Merv Hughes was a real you know a real test of character and. Um, you know, it's obviously a, a big step up from somebody who'd only ever played 
second team cricket, you know, and a handful of games at that, you know. So it's, uh, yeah, Paul Stewart felt, you know, obviously he took a bit of a, um, he finished with one for 105. Um, but uh, he certainly, but he did in fact go on to play a couple more first class appearances for Poodle Morgan. But uh, yeah, it was a real uh, test of character for them both. What else have you picked up uh, with your, your, your research uh, about the Noel, uh, uh, David? Um, well, in briefly, um, there's been, going on to first class matches, there's been 43 first class matches at the Noel, um, of which Glamorgan have played. And uh, the first was in 1934 against Essex, which was drawn. And funny enough, Arnold Dyson, he, he was out hit wicket for 96 in the first innings. And in the second innings, he, he made amends. He had 104 not out. So, uh, um, but and then the last first-class game was against the Young Australians in July 1995. And uh, it was interesting that this game actually got first-class status, but it was a game in which two future Glamorgan players appeared for the Young Australians, and those being Mike Kasprovich and Matthew Elliott. And in that game, there was a century... Um, not only for Steve, Steve James and um, Tony Cotty for Glamorgan, but also Justin Langer for the Young Australians. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, there's been 29 centurions in first-class cricket at the Knoll, um, the highest being 219 not out for Graham Hick for Worcestershire against Glamorgan in 1986. Um and the next highest being, as we alluded to earlier, Javid Mark Meand had 200 not out against the Aussies in 1985. And the 23rd highest score at the Knoll, Stephen, is one Bernard Hedges, who went 107 against Warwickshire in 1959. Oh, there you are. <laughs> Great. <laughs> um, you mentioned Javid there. Javid was also um, responsible for uh, another game, uh, not a first-class game, which took place... Uh, at, at Neath. Do you want to tell us a little bit about the background of that? Because you've also written a little something about that on the, the, the Museum of Welsh Cricket website as well. Yeah, it was, it was quite a, a fascinating um, game I came across many years ago. And I actually got the, uh, the match programme in my, my collection of Glamorgan memorabilia from the game. But basically, after the conclusion of Pakistan's 1987 tour of uh, the UK, Javed Miandad took a team made up of the tourists, Pakistani tourists, to play at the Nol against a Neath Invitational level. Um, and the match was never recorded in Wisdom, and it basically followed their successful tour because under Imran Khan, Pakistan won the test series against England 1 0, with four of the tests ending in draws. Well, the match at the Nol took place on Sunday, August the 16th, 1987. Um, after the Neath Club had got in contact with Javed the previous autumn about the audacious possibility of a visit by the Pakistanis. And Neath Cricket Club still have, I believe, hanging on the wall in their clubhouse, a framed letter sent from Javed from his house in Karachi from December 86, um, thanking uh, the Secretary of Neath. And in the letter, it basically states, well, we can come to Neath, we can play Neath, but it'll have to be only on this date, the 16th of August. And of course, obviously, Neath jumped at the chance um, to, to, to play against the Pakistanis. Um, and obviously, Javed had fond memories of playing at Neath, having hit that unbeaten 200 in um, 
against the Australians. Um, and that match in August 1987, it was billed as Germany and that's Pakistan 11 against the Neath Invitation 11. And it cost Neath £3,000 to stage. And it was basically a precursor to the club hosting Glamorgan's County Championship match against Worcestershire, plus a one-day fixture against Essex the following weekend. Now, incidentally, when Glamorgan actually, um, when Neath Invitation 11 took on the Pakistanis in, on that day in August 1987, 10 miles down the road, Glamorgan were playing Worcestershire in a Sunday league game. Um, and as for the game itself, the 40-over game, glorious sunshine, and everyone was in agreement afterwards that it had been money well spent. And I'll just briefly name a couple of the uh, Pakistani side that played that day, apart from Javed, who captained, Abdul Qadir, um, Imran Khan, Wazim Akram, Madassa Nazar, and Ramiz Raja. And Pakistan 11, Javed 11 batted first. Javed scored 61 off just 20 deliveries before being bowled by the ex-Indian spinner Dilip Doshi, who was playing for Neath that day. Uh, Pakistanis made 173. There have been great expectations, obviously, when Imran Khan um, came into bat, but he fell for just 13, uh, caught by the West Indian Keith Arthurton, who at the time was the Neath professional that year. Um, and then, with the wicket playing well, the Neath Invitational side began chasing down the 174 they'd been set. Alan Lewis-Jones got them off to a good start. He made 40. Keith Arterton, the West Indian, he made 44. Uh, but once they had both been dismissed, um, it was basically Shia Muhammad, who um, is uh, grandson of Wazir Muhammad, nephew of Hanif Muhammad, and uh, basically, yeah, the, 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 the run chase just sort of faded away. But they didn't get bowled out. They ended on 160 for six, and Javed's 11 eventually won by 13 runs. But there was some great fielding in the day, uh, on the day, by one of the Pakistani fielders who came on as a substitute fielder, and that was the local Neath boy, David Shufflebotham. So whatever happened to David Shufflebotham, I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, that, that's basically the With day. With a name Javed like that, was. I'm surprised we don't know. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> very interesting if his name was Ian Shufflebottom. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, I'm sure everyone at the club is is um, very excited about the prospect of, of having Glamorgan there. Um, and Glamorgan probably have a lot of reasons to be cheerful in approaching this competition uh, this year. Yeah, absolutely. After winning the uh, the RL50 Cup at Trent Bridge last year, which was. Uh, you know, a fantastic achievement, you know, a, a great, a great run, and obviously having got off to a good start against Derbyshire this week. Um, and by the time this podcast is aired, who knows where? Uh, hopefully, the, the successful uh, campaign has continued. Okay, David, thank you very much for giving us a a, a lovely insight into the to, to the history of uh, List Day games and. A little bit of first-class cricket at uh, Neath. Um, really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. The great thing about turning up to a live match to do interviews, uh, there are lots of old friends making acquaintances and retelling old stories. I met Kevin Grant of Neath Cricket Club 
outside the hospitality tent before the game against Lancashire County Cricket Club. Um, and before we even started, Kevin was prompted to tell me an old story. Yeah, the funny thing is, the chap over there, he was, I don't know, 20 years ago probably. And I was playing in the 13. And uh, I said, look, I, I'll only play now if there's uh, not youngsters available. Our game's Saturday, so I took five wickets. The following week, I won in the 13. <laughs> How far back does your association with the club go? I, I came back. I came to the club. I was invited to come here by a work colleague in 1985, and it was about two months before the first Australian game in, in 1985. So I've been here for all the Australian games and the Australian young cricket game in, I was 86, I think. I was at 96. Um, yeah, so I, I've been involved in the club uh, ever since. Uh, went on a committee, ended up as secretary, ended up as chairman, and just been made a life member. So, Congratulations proud, on that. Proud moment, yeah. yeah. Um, let's go back to 1985 then. Yeah. Um, what, where were you? What were you doing as a cricketer then? Uh, as a cricketer, I was just playing club cricket. I wasn't on the administration, so I had no uh, input into to the game then. Um, I know that the, 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 the Neath Council approached Glamorgan to try and get cricket back here. Um, and then local businesses came on board to, uh, to help fund the, the move. And it was highly successful. Um, and then... That followed on 89, 93, so three good Australian games. What are your memories of those? Can you, does anything um, stand out for you? Javi Miande and Eunice scoring a tenth full of runs. I think Miande was 200 not out. Uh, Eunice scored 180 ish, I think. Fantastic knocks. And then, uh, you know, I've seen the likes of Steve Waugh smash it everywhere here and um, uh, Slater, Michael Slater had a big knock here in one of the games uh, but it, it, it's great to see the test as in your back garden it's fantastic and a few of the Glamorgan boys had good performances as well in those games I'm thinking particularly of Matthew Maynard Do you remember Matthew that Maynard uh, man of the match in, in one of the games um Cotty had a big knock in one of the games. Steve James, um, yeah, Shane Warren took four wickets in one of the games as a young young lad who sat, instead of going in for lunch, sat on a chair in front of the pavilion, uh, lined up all the, the lads and signed autographs for 45 minutes. Didn't have his lunch as a young lad. So, yeah. There are a few people that remember seeing him who are now kind of active and playing in, in Welsh cricket as well. So it... It well, makes that point of you see if you have the stars that come locally, it kind of um, yeah lights the fire for lots yeah. of other people. I I first saw my county cricket match in 1960, Glamorgan versus Sussex at the Scow Ground in Marga, and ignited my love of the game. Uh, and hopefully this now will um, have the next generation cricketers interested. But uh, you're right in saying that the boys playing now who were youngsters when the Australians came here in 85 probably ignited their interest in the game. And they are now playing county, uh, club cricket. And some, a lot of them, especially from the West, went on to play for 
the county. Tell us a little bit then, Kevin, about your kind of graduation from player into administrator. How did that happen? Um, I was approached by one of the old gents in, of the club, a life member, and said, Kev, um, you, I think you've got the talent that this club needs to go onto the committee and take the club forward. Uh, so I stood for the committee that autumn and I was elected. I did a couple of years then. I was asked to do the secondary job. Chris James stood down. Uh, so I did the secondary job for a couple of years. Uh, and then I was uh, elected chairman in 1999. And I did that for about six years. Um, and I felt then that I'd probably taken the club as far as I could take it, but it needed a, a fresh approach. So I stood down, and then the succession of chairman have, have taken it over since. But I, I've stayed involved with the club. Every I've retired now, and there's a couple of retired boys come down every Tuesday, Thursday morning. We just do ground maintenance, we do painting, we just keep the club ticking over slowly. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's been a massive part of my life since '85. And do you want to tell us a little bit about the club in the time that you've kind of were directly involved with it and uh, uh, were there good times uh, they, high points they were excellent times we won the uh, South Wales League 1919 92 we had some fantastic overseas players um, we had Steve Dutchin from, from Canada who came over we had Marcel Dumby from Kenya uh, and then we had Gary Sainsbury ex of Gloucester ex of um, Essex who came here and played for a great number of seasons, left arm quick, uh, and all the other bowlers loved him because nobody would go after Saints, uh, so they'd go after the bowler the other end and they'd pick up all the wickets. So, yeah, uh, great times. And youngsters came through, represented Wales at schoolboy levels, a couple went on to represent the county. Uh, so it's been a hotbed of, of talent, um, in all the time I've been here and we're still getting good boys coming through there's a young lad now playing in the first team Callum Stevens. he's only 16 but a really good uh, player come up through our juniors and it looks a very very good player um, Can you tell us a little bit about how um, this day and the day on Friday were first kind of um well, Glamorgan approached the club uh, did we think we could uh, stage it and I think we were a little bit reluctant in the beginning because we knew what work was required, having staged the, the games before. Um, but then Glamorgan said, well, you know, we'll look after the ground, we'll send the ground staff down, you know, so that softened the blow and we said, yeah, OK. So the round table then got involved. Uh, the round table have a close association with East Creek Club. Uh, and they got involved and they said, look, well, we'll run the hospitality, we'll run the bars. Um, that'll take the pressure off you. So, yeah, it's it, it's a win-win because any a lot of the money that the round table will glean from this, that'll go into their local charities. So, you know, the local community is going to benefit as well. And so then how have the details been put together uh, sort of for, to, to get everything ready? I mean, has Glamorgan done... A fair bit of that? Oh, yes. Uh, we've had regular meetings with, with Dan Cherry, uh, George and other people have come in down the, uh, and the council have been involved at the round table. Those meetings have gone on probably 
uh, every two weeks for the good last couple of months where everything's been ironed out. Um, this week has been very busy. Those who could be here, we've been here putting paint in and putting chairs out and doing this and that. Uh, and the, the county staff have been here supplementing it as well. So, yeah, it's been a great team effort and uh, hopefully the weather will stay and uh, it'll, every, all the efforts will be worth it and Glamorgan will enjoy and hopefully come back next year. And now the day's arrived. Um, players just about to come out onto the pitch. Um, you must feel very proud of the club, uh, proud of its history uh, and proud that you've been able to put on a, a, another Glamorgan game and create a little bit of Glamorgan history here as well. Immensely proud, yes. Um, and as I said, you know, hopefully now it'll inspire young players to, to move forward into the game. Well, my name's Darren Davis. Uh, I'm from Neath Round Table. Um, I'm the chairman of this year's event with Glamorgan. Uh, we're a charity organisation, Neath Round Table. We're based actually in the cricket club where we hold our meetings. And Glamorgan and Neath Cricket asked us to join this venture to bring along our experience in hospitality. Okay. Um, so when did you first find out and, 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 and what led from, from that really down? How did you approach the event? It was, it was probably about uh, just before Christmas really when the Cricket Club asked us to join. Um, I think they've realised they've got the grounds but having the men to do it, we try to do as much as we can together. We have a, an event over in the Cotterba playing fields that they join with us. So I started talking about it then and it's just snowballed since then. Really, We've had regular meetings with Glamorgan, with Dan and uh, George and it's got to where we are today. And what were the mechanics of today? What did you have to think about? What did you have to set up in advance? Well, for us, it was the, it's the hospitality in the bar area, so the hospitality was the biggest thing for us. Um, whilst the club is excellent facilities, we don't have the facilities to hold 200 people in, a, in any one venue, so we've had to bring in the marquee, so thinking about things like that, um, getting the people in the tent. Was been a, what thought it was going to be a challenge, but proved not to be which was good so the event is selling itself so it's um, the rest of it we do as our yearly fundraising anyway um, so it's just good to have an extra event that we can raise money for charity okay. Are you a cricket fan or a cricket supporter? Or? Uh, a partial cricket fan I, I do uh, enjoy watching the internationals I can't say I'm a, uh, a weekly uh, follower but uh, certainly be enjoying it today And we're we're kind of two thirds of the way through the day. How have things gone? Have there been any hiccups? Has it all gone relatively smoothly? Relatively smoothly, touch wood, so far. You can ask me again at six thirty on Friday after the Hampshire match, but uh, so far so good. Fantastic. Um, and hopeful that this certainly will continue for Friday, and, and perhaps if necessary, if needed, yeah. in future years. I, I think we've proved now that this is a superb venue for Glamorgan to come and play their cricket matches. Um, we certainly be looking to speak to Glamorgan about bringing them back to the town again. I think it's been 27 years since they've been here last time, so you can see the crowds around. There's, a, there's been a real buzz around the place the last week in the setup. There's a huge amount of work, not just from Mount Tabor, but from the Cricket Cup Committee have been on this ground for two weeks stop, non-stop every single day. Um, and it has created a buzz around the town. I think it's going to be great for Neath. Thank you to David, Kevin and Darren for their time and I can report that the first match against Lancashire result aside was a roaring success. It was great to see so many club cricketers renewing old friendships while watching Glamorgan play at the Knoll. Next week 
we head off to Landovery College and the old Landoverians Cricket Society. So do join us again when there'll be some more stories about the great game of cricket in the great country of Wales. Au Bye for now. Gydach chi stori yw'r hanni gyda ni. Mae croeseich i gysylltu e-bosiwch mwcpod1921 at gmail.com neu ewch i'n tudalen Facebook Museum of Welsh Cricket Podcast neu i'n tudalen Twitter at Welsh Cricket Pod. Do you have a story you'd like to share with us? If so, please contact email mwcpod1921 at gmail.com or go to our Facebook page, Museum of Welsh Cricket Podcast, or our Twitter, at Welsh Cricket Pod.